the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of Eye on Real Estate, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and welcome to another two hours of Eye on Real Estate. The only show that talks about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything. You know, I always tell you that real estate is a universal language. There's no place that I go that someone doesn't ask me something about real estate, and so everyone likes to know about real estate. So you should tune in to our show live on Saturdays at AM 970, The Answer, okay? Or on your mobile app, or you can get it on Heart Radio, or tune into, oh, you know, you, on, you can go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have the links. And, of course, you can visit uh, DottieHerman.com. I have exciting and latest news information and a lot of the questions that you asked if we don't get to them on the air. But we'd love to hear from you, so if you have any questions along the way and you're not driving because we don't want any accidents, feel free to call us at 866-970-9622. And if we can't get you on the air, we'll try to answer at least your questions. Of course, my first hour, my co-host, legal expert, attorney Stephen Ebert, a partner at the prestigious firm Casson & Casson, who's located in Westchester, and... Uh, I call him a walking encyclopedia on real estate. He just about knows everything uh, that there is to know, and he is a true real estate attorney. And I always say this, and this is not an advertisement. I'm not getting paid to say this. But when you're buying, for most people, what is the largest or one of the largest investments in a lifetime, don't mess around with a guy you get out of the penny savers, okay, or somebody who does a million different kinds of law, you really need a real estate attorney. And I, and, I, and I sincerely say that. We have some very great guests on in the second hour. We have Francis Gallagher, who is the CEO and the publisher of Global Travel. Um, and Global Travel, uh, which has over 500,000 readers, connects brands and, and travels and, and really tells, you know, if caters to very wealthy people and where they travel to and what new places are coming up. And um, if you want to find some neat places that maybe nobody knows about, and some of them are, are not expensive, it's just some, some new places that you just haven't heard of, it's a great magazine, and we're going to have uh, Francis on. 
And then at 11.30, we'll be joined, and I think we all can use this, no matter how much of a neat freak you are, we'll be joined by Andrew Mellon, a professional organizer known as, listen to this, the most organized man in America. Okay, the most organized, and he, he is going to discuss how to declutter your home, and of course, how decluttering your home can also impact the value of your property. Obviously, the more decluttering you do, the better your home is going to look. So we, we're looking forward to seeing him. And for anybody who's interested or who uh, is old enough to remember David Bowie, uh, if you wanted to kind of be his next-door neighbor, he's not alive anymore, but the late British singer and songwriter lived in an apartment uh, until 1999, and it just sold for $16 million, actually $16.4 million. And the building is one of the best landscaped roof in the city, and it has direct elevator access and views of the original St. Patrick's Cathedral. And uh, he sold it. So, I mean, I see a lot of big sales happening, and, you know, I, I, I Steve, I... I just, uh, before I get into what I really want to talk about today, and what we want to talk about is some of the questions you've asked. What's the general market? Everybody is like, should I buy? Should I wait? Should I do it now? Should I wait till next year? Are the interest rates going to go down? Are the interest rates going to go up? <clears throat> and although I've been in real estate my whole life, I've been, I think, in real estate since I'm in my 20s, uh, there, you know, there's no no exact science. I mean, they get it right sometimes, sometimes they don't, okay? Uh, so in general, and we're t I'd like to give you kind of a national outlook, and then local markets are different because not every single market's the same. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit today. First, I want to give you what the trends are of 23, some of the trends, and I'm, okay, and then um, we've had a lot of confusion and questions that were sent to myself and Steve about people who are moving into the city. Now, a lot of people I know, even some of my friends, when their kids went to school in the city, they bought apartments. They figured, well, their kids can live in their children can live there while they're in school, and when they move out, they'll have a pied-à-terre or something of that nature. Um, so you want to know what's going on with the city and what's and and and. You know, then you were hearing, oh, everybody's leaving New York City. You know, so we're going to kind of talk about what's true, what's not true. But in the city, not, not many other places in the United States, but in the city, um, you're going to be dealing with co-ops and, and condos. Now, I was originally from Long Island, so when I, I think it was 2001, I think I bought Douglas, I was one of the partners on Douglas Sullivan in 2001, right after the World Trade Center, uh, which was a great time to buy real estate. Nobody really wants to live there at the time. Uh, but I said, you know what? I'll never forget it. My banker said, Donnie, are you crazy? You want to borrow all this money? We just had 9-11, and they're expecting another terrorist attack? And I'll never forget, I said to him, if they hit New York again, it's over anyway. I said, but I'll have arrows. Hampton's this way, <laughs> that way, okay? So, you know... Let me just say to you, to all the people who ask me, what's the best market to buy in? Should I buy? Should I wait? Should I do this? There is no bad market. There is no good market. And different markets, you employ different strategies. And Steve and I hope to give you some of that knowledge. 
And if you're looking in the city, we like, I'd like, you know, Steve is going to talk a little about the difference between a co-op and a condo. Now, if you live in suburbia, you're not really going to be dealing with that as much, but a lot of you have kids that come to the city, and uh, you need to know that, and then you need to know some of the rules or some of the things that you should really look at before you buy something that's, a, especially a co-op, um, and we'll talk about that. Before that I do that, okay, I would like to just tell you, these are just general predictions for 2023's housing market. So in general, the housing market, which we already have seen, will be slower in 2023. And it has been, and it should be, because we had a mad rush of people moving with the virus. Corona hit us, what was it, Steve, 20? 19, yeah, 2020. And everybody fled, either they fled the cities or they moved to something bigger because, you know, they had to work from home. Um, now they're saying that interest rates are at unprecedented highs. As I said, I've been in the business 30 years, easily. Um, you don't know what high is, okay? We're at six, I think six, seven, something like that now. Um, I think I bought my house, I, I think I told you, it was like 15%, something like that, 15, 14%. And I took um, a five-year arm, which is an adjustable mortgage, that adjusts every five years. Um, and I got it probably starting out at maybe 11. And I thought, oh, wow, what a bargain. Uh, but you want to know the difference? People made it work. It's not that we didn't have. And I remember my first day in real estate. People said, why are you coming to the real estate business? Are you crazy? It's the worst time to be in the real estate business. It's horrible. The interest rates are so high. And in those days, when I started, which is ancient, but when I started, you didn't get a commitment till two weeks before closing. Like now you'll get your commitment like in, what, 30, 30 35, 40 days. You know if you're going to get a mortgage or not. They didn't have the pre-approvals then or anything like that. And two weeks before you closed, you would get your commitment. And let's say you put an offer in, you got an accepted offer in March, and you closed in May, if the interest rates went up when you closed, you paid the higher interest rates, and sometimes you wouldn't qualify anymore, so that was the end of your deal. That's how crazy it was then. And somehow we all survived it. So when I hear outrageous interest rates, when I know for a fact that the national average is 7.5%, we're still under that. But, you know, when you're reading, it says in the high interest rates, well, they're high if you want to compare them to the 25 or 3% that we had during this pandemic for maybe a month or a couple of months. As far as we, as we get closer to 2024, where there's a presidential election, interest rates will likely decrease. Why? Because people want to get elected. Okay, and look, it looks like they'll decrease to about 5%. Okay, now that's not a fact. Whatever I'm telling you is not factual. Just so you know, these are predictions from a lot of different experts in the industry. In pursuit of re-election, the current government will do everything to endear and get a feeling of stability and prompting the Fed to dial down the interest rates. Okay? And that's usually what happens during an election, so I would say it's probably going to happen. While we will see 
price drops slightly in the beginning of 223, which we have, but nothing major. And don't forget, look at how much prices went up in the last two years. It was astronomical. So a little price drop, if you're a seller, you might say, oh, well, you can't time the market perfectly, but I'm telling you, if you're a seller, you're still going to get a very good price. Um, so even though you saw a little, a few price drops, in the later half of this year, we may see stabilization and home prices rebounding. And this is based on predictions that interest rates will drop closer to the elections. And obviously, interest rates have a lot to do with pricing because the higher the interest rate, the less money you, know, you can afford or your payments are going to be higher. So with lower interest rates, obviously, you could pay more money for a house. Homeowners, if you're looking to buy homes, should be prepared for longer waiting periods to sell because things were selling during the pandemic, I can't even tell you. Like, it, it blew my mind. In a day, there was 25 offers, okay? So uh, that's not real and certainly not sustainable. So that was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing due to a circumstance. Uh, so when I say you should be prepared to be wait a period of waiting, it's because sellers, it's a normal market. It's what we call a return to normalcy. Sellers are not jumping at every opportunity. Maybe in some cases they might be competing and bid over asking price, but in most cases, you know, you'll have an opportunity to put a bid in and hopefully if the terms are good um, and there's some price, you know, you, there's some concessions that you need to, to have with the homeowner, the homeowner should be willing to work with you, uh, where in the pandemic days, when we were on lockdowns, the homeowners wouldn't talk to anybody because they had so many offers. And if they were all cash, they really had, you know, that's it. No contingencies. You know, this is it. Take it or leave it. But they had so many people and so many offers. So now we're just getting not to a bad market, just normal. And this is what normally happens in the world of real estate. And by the way, Never. Always realize that in when you're negotiating, and there's an art in negotiating, so that's why you want a real estate attorney who knows how to negotiate. I, uh, There's been some great attorneys, but I've watched attorneys really blow deals because they didn't know how to negotiate properly. And they're not a negotiating price, but you're negotiating terms and some things that come the last minute. And remember, for a deal to be good, two people have to feel like they want. Someone doesn't want to walk and feel out like, oh, they, they got everything they wanted, I got nothing. That's usually when a deal blows up. So you have to be willing to give and take a little. But you will wait a little bit longer, probably about like three months, which is the average. Due to diminished demand, houses will sit on the market longer. Now, when they say diminished demand, we still have a demand for housing. It's just not what it was during pandemic times when people were really flourishing to get, you know, they were running out of the big cities because they were afraid of getting COVID. Um, so housing demand has outside the supply for a while in the U.S., and the coming period will shrink that gap. In other words, we're starting to get more inventory all over the country, but again, not so much inventory that we're flooding the market. Because if you have too much inventory and you have more inventory and more houses for sale than buyers, and then you get into a buyer's market, um, where it's good for a buyer, you have more choices, okay? 
but then we don't we don't have so much inventory that you know people are just going to give away their houses to get you know to to get them sold. So, uh, people are are um, if you know if you want to wait and wait it out. I mean you know you could, but to me, it's a job. And if you really want to find a home and you really want to find a good home, it's a full time job that you really have to commit to and do and know areas and you can't compare area A, which is completely different. Oh, I like that house in area. I love the house in area A, but I want that house in area B, which is a higher priced area. You, you have to kind of stick to your areas, go to the schools, learn about the school districts, drive around the area. And if in the, in the city, I would recommend that you Go to some of the buildings that you're looking at and ask the people that live there. They're usually honest. You know, how do you like living here? And people who have burdensome properties or people who have reasons that they need to sell fast, well, they'll likely turn to cash buyers. But honestly, if it were me and the price differentiation, like if it wasn't a big difference, I would always take the cash buyer because then you don't have to worry about them getting a mortgage. That's why when we talk about pre-approvals, they're so important. Now I'm going to ask from a legal end, Stephen, what are you seeing and what are your clients? You know, what are they saying or what are their feelings? Yeah, Dottie, you know, we're still seeing plenty of activity. I think that's number one. You know, I think if you look at the stats, you know, I think the most recent one that I saw uh, from one of the local board of realtors was that there was a price decline of 0.9%. You know, so it's basically sideways. And, and I would take that also with a grain of salt because we need to understand that there's a seasonality to the market of when people put properties on the market. So we're in the time of year where, and again, general trend, obviously every right. transaction is uniquely different, but as a general trend, the sales that you're seeing now tend to be the properties that oh, that usually wasn't the necessarily the first choice for folks. So what that really means is that it's not a surprise that they're selling for a little bit less, right? You're not necessarily seeing the top properties in that bracket of properties. What we're also seeing is which parts of the market, and this is always a classic conversation, and this is where I always warn people, understand what average price you're looking at. Are you quoting per square foot? Are you just quoting average sales prices? Because then it makes a very big difference as to what the mix of properties being sold. Bigger homes, smaller homes. Keep in mind, a lot of the statistics are also incorrect. And why do I they say they're incorrect? How many times have you gone and looked at an apartment and said, is that really X square feet? It looks a little smaller, or maybe it's bigger. A lot of apartments, particularly older ones, the measurements are a little bit fuzzy. I mean, I've seen, and I've had clients, I've had to have this conversation where somebody says, I don't know, apartment 12B is on the market, apartment 8B is on the market. They look the same layout, but they're quoting different square feet. We're going to continue with Stephen talking about what's going on in the real estate market as of today, uh, what's so current, but we'll be right back to finish talking about that. And we welcome your questions as soon as this commercial break.
Make sure to tune in this and every Saturday at noon to hear the lead guy, Nick DeMauro, Executive Director and CEO of LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs and Violence, speak with experts, educators, and law enforcement about important issues affecting you and your children. Catch the new show, Battling Drugs and Violence, with the lead guy on AM 970 The Answer for topical information and insights from experts waging the battle against drugs and violence in your community. Mike Lendell and MyPillow are launching the new MyPillow 2.0 with a special buy one, get one free offer. The MyPillow 2.0 offers a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. The new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a a cooler surface temperature. MyPillow knows core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. The new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. Machine washable and dryable with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee and made in the USA. Just go to the radio listeners page at MyPillow.com, use the promo code AM970 or call 800-651-0798, 800-651-0798. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on the new MyPillow 2.0, 800 0798. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com. Hi, this is Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman and host of I Own Real Estate on AM 970 Answer. Listen, I've just discovered a new line of skincare products that I have to tell you about. I've tried many products that have been on the market for many years. So that's why I'm so excited about Hemp Leaf. The Vanilla Passion Skin Cream is soft and the scent is calming. The feeling on my skin and I'm a skin nut, it's skin cream nut, it's just amazing. It's not at all greasy, it absorbs right away, and I can feel my skin perking up as soon as I put it on. The black soap, while it might be not look so inviting, it was the most amazing surprise. It was smooth and creamy and made my skin feel soft and very hydrated. I'm really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line and sharing my thoughts with you. I would never put anything on my body that I wouldn't put in it. So visit them at www.hempleaf, and that's www.hempleaf, and let me spell that, it's H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F dot com. If you enter the word Dottie at the checkout, you'll receive 10% off. It's a great product. I'm telling you, it's a great cream, so you should try it. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Orange look to salvage a season series split against the Pittsburgh team that's right at the top of the ACC standings. Hi, I'm Matt Park. Join us for Orange Basketball at Pittsburgh Saturday, 5 o'clock tip with Orange pregame at 4.30 on AM 970, The Answer. New York's home for Syracuse University basketball. Jessica. This is the happiest day of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV and insured it with Progressive. Man, I love that thing. 
There are a million fish in the sea, which I'm reminded of every time I bring my RV to the lake, but I vow to love and cherish you just as much as I cherish campsites with full electric and water hookups. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Protect your beloved with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Again, we're talking about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which could be trends, would be designs, uh, what the markets are like. And of course, the big question that everyone asks me is, oh, should I buy now? Should I wait? And again, I keep on telling people, you can't time this any market perfectly. And every situation is different. You know, if you're looking around, you might find some, you know, I used to find sometimes sellers who would give me a price that I thought kind of was ridiculous. And I'd say, well, how long do you want? What plan do you want? The five-year plan that your house will be on the market five years? Um, you know, everyone's different. I would always suggest that, you know, when you see a house, if you want to make criticisms of the homeowner, you don't want the homeowner to hear them. Um, but you can ask the homeowner questions. But for homeowners, it's best if the broker has a house and they have an open house that you're really not there because people will talk freer in front of the brokers than they will in front of you. And what you want to do is find out what objections they do have, okay, because then you can really, you know, justify them. And if you're a, set, a buyer, don't feel uncomfortable. I did when I bought my first house. I asked, gee, what are your average heating bills? doesn't mean that were going to be mine, but I got a feel for everything. A double check the taxes because, you know, sometimes the people will have an exemption. Maybe they have a VA exemption because they were in the, you know, a military or sometimes they uh, might be seniors and sometimes seniors get tax deductions depending on the area. So I would always double check the uh, taxes. And Steve, would you recommend they look for, you know, sometimes CEOs that, you know, um, CEOs that, you know, they they might have put on extra, like if they if they put on any additional things to add things to the house, you want to check? Well, I, absolutely. I mean, there is a thorough check that we also do as an attorney. Certain things happen before you go into contract. Certain things happen afterwards. And, and this is where the contract is really important. So first of all, number one, having it when you're working with a real estate agent, Make sure they know the neighborhood, and they're the front line of defense. They're the eyes and ears, and they're in the trenches, right? So number one, you need to understand the local market. Are you in a suburban market where there's an MLS? Are you in the city where the system might be different? Um, because there are different requirements as to how the property has to be listed and the disclosure of abatements. Um, but we always like to double-check them. We like to see tax bills before we sign. That, that's the protocol we have in place. Now, when it comes to additions, get that information lined up. A number of towns now um, are requiring getting a CO at the time of closing or maybe certain other limited items to make sure that the new buyer doesn't inherit problems. You know, there's, you know for a long time, you had situations where people might finish a basement, they might expand a deck, and it was sort of off the radar, and the customer was like, yeah, nobody cares, it's been that way for a while, not a big deal. What we're seeing is a trend that's been going on for a number of years, 
that municipalities are paying more and more attention. They're able to have satellite imagery. They have more digitized records instead of a postcard with some pencil notes in a file. And they're increasing their professionalization, which means that the, the advice that people maybe gave 20, 30 years ago, and eh, nobody really cares, they do. And you do not want to be the person standing like musical chairs when the music runs out without a safe place to sit. Because eventually, every buyer one day is a seller. And when you sell, the buyer is going to demand that things are in order. And if they're not, it doesn't matter that two, three owners ago did it. You're the owner today. You get, as we say in the profession, the benefits and the burdens of ownership. So even if you weren't the one with that you know, illegal construction or, or improvement, you're now selling and a buyer can you know, be in a position to say, look, I'm not going to go forward if you don't take care of it. Big issue. And not only that, I think something else, Stephen, that is worth mentioning a lot of people do improvements to the house and they don't, you know, report that they did it. And, you know, sometimes nobody will ever find out. Now, when they sell, so their taxes basically will go up based on how the taxes of the area are going up. But they don't raise the taxes based on some addition that they put in or some improvements that they made because nobody knows about it. But when you buy the house, uh, whatever their taxes were, okay, at that point in time, if, if they, you know, did improvements that they didn't report, they don't get, they didn't get, they don't get charged the higher taxes. It would, it would have, it would land on you. So you want well, to make sure. sure, right? So how would I explain that to people when you're looking at a home? Well, well yeah, so there's, there's, there's a couple of things, um, you know, one, at some point you're going to want to do work to your new home, right? You're, you're going to say, well, wait a minute. This is not quite my style. Maybe I need to make this a little bigger or so forth. You're going to need to get permits. And by the way, they're for your safety too. And sometimes, and I don't want to disparage any contractors, but if you get it without a permit, the town's not inspecting that the work was done safely. So maybe somebody cut a corner here and there, right? And all of a sudden the support beam is not quite what it's made up to be. And so you do want to have an independent party which comes to the local town building inspector or in New York City, the Department of Buildings, to come in and inspect the work. Was it done right? Was the electrical work done right? Was there a fire hazard? And when they're there, you know, they come in with their eyes open, right? You know, they're not going to walk into the place and say, let me put on blinders and I'm only here to check the electric and right. if I don't notice anything out of whack, I won't bring it up, right? So things can come up. So you got to, again, be very, very careful. And if there are other improvements and you do update the CEO, eventually the finance department or the tax receiver is going to be aware of it, uh, and that could increase your assessed valuation and your taxes. Um, so you definitely got to be careful. I mean, I'll tell you an interesting story about my own house. You know, I'm the third owner of it, the original owner. Um, decided that they wanted to put a pool in the back, and they started excavating for a pool. Well, they never told the town. The town got wind of it. And they said, the spot that you're putting it in is not a spot that we would authorize. And so they made them restore it. And they made them pay, and I have all the plans still from years and years ago, pay for a landscape architect to 
the type of vegetation that they had to plant um, to replace. And the town gave them help. Um, and eventually they sold. They never put in a pole in the end. And that's fine by me. We didn't want one. And that was, again, the first owner. We're number three. But it goes to show you, if you try to cut corners, you know, besides not being even impractical, the town could really go after you with, with, with a little retribution. The town was right. Oh, that's true. I can tell you a funny story that, like, when I was starting out in real estate, and I started out in Long Island, so there was this property, I think it was, like, over an acre, and you really couldn't see where the property ended exactly. So these people went to buy it, and what they found was the neighbors behind them built a structure on their property, which you wouldn't have known because there was a lot of woods that wasn't, that, that, you know, wasn't cleared. And so at the end of the day... They really, the, the sale blew up, uh, you know, the, the owner lost the sale. He didn't have any idea that, because when you have a lot of property, it's hard to tell where it actually ends. It's not like a little, you know, you know, a little piece of property where there's a fence and you know where that property ends. So you also have to make sure you, you really, especially if you're buying property that's acreage, that you know where it ends and that there's nothing on your property. I mean, there's so many things that are, you know, you know Dad, Dad, so Dad, I, I want to stress on that point for a second. When you go ahead and you buy a property, you're, when you know you're buying a house, obviously not an apartment, you need, you get it what's called a survey. Now, when you're buying in the residential world, you can effectuate that survey one of three ways. Number one, if you want to save a little bit of money, if the prior owner has a survey that's in good condition and, and recent enough and certified, you can do what's called a survey inspection. For a more, for more economical fee, a surveyor shows up with the old survey, looks around and says, eh, this looks good. Oh, they added one thing here, you know, a shed in the back. Okay, and they'll note that. That's just a survey inspection. They're not drawing a new map. The second option is the surveyor goes and does actually a brand new map and drawing and notice things and so forth. And I can tell you surveys today are much more precise than surveys of old, and I'll get to that in a second. But the third one, and this gets to the point that you're doing, and a lot of clients don't want to do it because it does cost a bit of extra money, is a survey with staking, where they put stakes, markers, in the ground at key points. They can be metal, they can be wood, they may be paint them orange. And that's very important if you want to know where your boundaries are and you're doing work. Um, and I know we're about to come up to a break, but I think, Dottie, when we come back after the break... We'll finish. It's important. It's important. Get- yes. We're going to... You don't want to miss this part of it. And then we'll talk about adverse possession. Every day we hear news about violent assaults, carjackings, and other acts of crime spiraling across the United States. Washington's answer is to confiscate your guns, but a new book from Regnery offers hope for a better solution. Professional firearms instructor and veteran gun store owner Larry Correa's new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, pulls back the curtain on Washington's gun-grabbing agenda and how you can protect your rights as well as your family. Yet, In Defense of the Second Amendment, new from Regnery, available at Amazon.com. 
It's game day at Jim's house, and the spread is impressive. Mike's already done some damage with the hot wings, and now he's dropping back and going deep for another slice of pizza. I sure hope he brought the Pepto. Mike knows the Pepto-Bismol provides fast, five-symptom relief from unexpected stomach upsets. He's no rookie. (laughs) The way he's throwing back those nachos, he's the GOAT. Be ready for game day with Pepto-Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for a memorable travel opportunity that will be a highlight of your life. Mike Gallagher and I are headed again back to Israel in October for the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We'll visit key sites in the Holy Land thoughtfully designed to give you unprecedented access to a region you may have only read about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details. We'll uncover important geopolitical sites and show you Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll set foot on the ancient streets of Jerusalem, sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and much more. We'll have guides specifically for our group, lavish accommodations, and I will even broadcast my show from Israel. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel tour. Come with Mike Gallagher and me this October. Register today. Call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519, or just go to StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. I thought learning a language would be too much work, but Babbel makes learning fun. J'aime Babel. Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes, and soon you turn and realize, hey, I'm starting to speak another language. How'd that happen? Babbel isn't robots talking. You learn words and phrases from real native speakers. I was ready for real-life conversations in just a few weeks. So easy. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're talking about some very interesting things about real estate. And these are things that really, whether you're buying real estate or you're not buying real estate, are really good to know. And, of course, very good when you're having conversation. But, Steve, you were in the middle of talking about... Um, you were in the middle of talking about things when, with surveys and how that people should, especially if there's a lot of land, get a person to actually plot out that land so you know exactly what you're getting. Because sometimes it's really hard to determine where the, the land actually ends if it's not 
if it's a lot of land. So, yes. Yeah, so, so the third option that we were talking about, Dottie, was survey with staking. And I know there's an extra cost to it, and sometimes it could really be twice the price of just not staking out the land. So a lot of clients do have a little bit of hesitation. But I will tell you, it's, it's really important if you do have a lot of land, if you do have concerns, and then also <clears throat> if you're looking to build, right? And so, you know, a lot of times when I talk to clients, and this is about a perspective as an attorney, it's not just getting to the closing and having the closing effectuated, which is, of course, important. But if I know a client's going to do major renovations, they want to put in a fence, then you have a deeper conversation and say, look, we're doing a survey anyway. If you're going to put in a fence, you want to get that fence in the right spot. Just having a generic map where you then need to remeasure when you're putting the fence, put those stakes in now so you get your fence in the right spot and don't have an issue later. And sometimes you need an in, a more in-depth survey, what, what I'd call a topographic survey, where you're getting an elevation analysis, right? If you have slopes in the ground and you really want to expand and do things like that. So it can definitely be a deeper conversation. But circling back, the whole point in the end is to really protect your investment. You know, people get a title insurance policy. They, they metaphorically waive the certificate and say, oh, I have title insurance, so I'm protected. Well, you are protected, but you're not a, protected against anything under the sun. And if you don't do that survey, or if the survey comes up with issues, there are gaps in coverage. So it's a really important thing to understand. Um, these surveying companies are independent companies from the title insurance company, and they work together in that integrates with the policy. So it's really important to understand it and get it right um, and, and have that conversation. Absolutely. Don't take shortcuts. And another tip I, I think I've given you before, but if you haven't remembered or heard me, I never, ever advocate to have no engineer's reports. Now, I know during the pandemic, a lot of people waived that because the owners had so many choices that if they had a, a contingency on having an engineer's report first, they would take somebody who didn't have that. But you don't want to go nitpicking for, like, little things. Look, if you built a house today and it was brand new, when you were done building it, you'd find things that were wrong. Okay? So if you're looking at a house that's 30 or 40 years old, of course there's going to be things wrong. What you really want to do is get an engineer's report, and you should do it quickly. And if you're a seller, it's not that you shouldn't give them permission. You should, but give them a limited time where they can do it. Don't let them wait a month. You know, they'll have to do it within three or four days. Okay, because... Absolutely. And, right? and I, mean, I just want to add on that. you got to, you know, local customs in the community. Some parts of the country, you do the inspection first before you sign the contract. In other parts, you sign a contract and then you have, let's say, a 10-day window, more or less, to do it afterwards. You can then negotiate how much to bring up, like in the latter situation. Sometimes we'll do a deal that says, look... The engineering is only for big systemic things. If there is a $1,000, $2,000 item, then we're not taking care of it, right? You can carve out and negotiate the deals differently. And keep in mind also geographically, some homes have septic, some have sewer, some have wells, some have municipal water. 
Um, sometimes you need to do a termite inspection. Um, also, uh, understand what you're responsible for, you know, with all these solar systems now. Do they own it? Do they rent it? Who's responsible for the maintenance of that? And then also radon. Some parts of the country, that's not an issue. Other parts it is. So you want to make sure, just like you want to have a real estate agent who has local knowledge of saying, oh, you know what, this is a great spot, better than that one. Same thing with the inspector, because you want to have, if there's sort of a buffet of tests that you can have as part of an inspection, and you want to make sure you're, you're taking the right things in the inspection um, and you're covered. Yes, and one of the things I recommend is when you get an engineer's report, you don't just have them do it and you're not there. Because if you've ever read an engineer's report, <laughs> if you could even understand what they're talking about, it's complicated. And what you really want to know, you don't want to nitpick, okay? You want to know if there are major structural things or just major things that could cost you a lot of money, okay? So, it, you know, does it need a new roof or is it just kind of, you know, a few uh, tiles are missing? Um, is the electrical system, okay, was it done by a licensed electrician? And again, I recommend this to sellers and buyers. If, you're, if you own a home, even if you're not planning to sell it, so you say, oh, I have a friend, he's an electrician, he's not licensed, but, you know, he's going to do it for cheap for me, so I'll do it. Well, when you go to sell that home, if it wasn't a licensed electrician, it's not going to be good. So, you know. Yeah, and, you know, and Dottie, <laughs> adding on that point, I think it's very important, the distinguish between things that work. Like I've seen where people get tripped up and they'll say, the hot water heater works, but it's nine years old, so maybe it's near the end of its useful life. And when you're negotiating, and this is where you have the right team of lawyers, engineers, and brokers, to understand the difference between something not working versus something that you may have to replace in the next few years. And that's a different kind of negotiation. And I see a lot of times people get hurt on either side of it. One. You have some engineers who are maybe not as thorough, and they say it works, which is true. And then some people say, well, wait a minute, this might need to be repaired in a few years. How do I deal with that? So that's important to get a thorough report that kind of distinguishes between things that aren't working versus where capital expenditures might occur over the next few years. Um, it's a very, very important distinction. And also understand capacity. You, know, you made a great point about electric. Your electric system might be totally working for the house, but in older home, the supply of electric, the amperage might be low. And one of the questions you should ask is the amount of electric current delivered to the home, especially where when we have some clients who are interested in maybe getting an electric car, one of these charging power walls and so forth, is there just enough aggregate power in the panel to power all the things that you want to have and devices in your home. So it doesn't mean that it's not working, but do you need to make those upgrades or not? And that's, that's an important thorough level to look into. Yes, and on that point, here's what I recommend. When you have an engineer's report, meet, make it a time that you can meet the engineer at the home that you're buying. Now, again, if it's a building, you're not going to need that. but. If it's a residential home, you want to meet that engineer and let him go through the home with you and let him tell you, okay, this is 10 years old. It, it'll be, it could be fine for the next 20 years, but it's 10 years old. 
okay? And if there is a repair to be done, well, about how much is that going to cost me? About what is the repair? Because there's no perfect house. There's always something wrong. So you just want to, you want to really have an engineer for every, anything that's really a major, major problem. But I would not suggest you don't do it, okay? I would make sure that you do do it. And if you're a seller, you should not allow someone to do it because you want to make sure that they're happy with it and that they know what's wrong with the house. But don't let them linger on forever. So you say, okay, if you want to have an engineer's report, we're signing the contracts, you have three days to get it or give them a small amount, a window, and let you have to move quickly. And that's important about the team you get. And I'm sure Steve can tell you stories about this. I've been so many deals where, you know, the attorney was doing someone a favor and they just didn't do anything on time. They took a year to, you know, like the contracts were like we were waiting and waiting for the attorney because usually the seller's attorney writes the contract and it took forever. The longer it takes, the less likely it happens. So you want to make sure that the attorneys that you're working with that it's their job, it's what they do. They're not just doing a favor and they do like a divorce thing. And they're versed on all the things in real estate, you know, because... You know, Daddy, I also want to make one one last point before, because I know we're getting close uh, on time oh. also, um, is do, you, do people get inspections of apartments? Um, you know, when people are buying a house... I would say not, not, you know, pretty close to 100% of the time people get an inspection on a yes. house. Yes. But in, in an apartment, what do people do? The vast majority of people do not get an inspection on an apartment. There's no rule that says you can or you can't. So, number one, if you're inclined, you should. A few situations that I think people should consider as a regular basis. Number one, small buildings. If you, let's say, buy in a three-unit co-op, your, your, your cost structure is more like a house than a big apartment building. So if you're buying in a, in, in a building with a, just a couple of apartments, I recommend you should consider it because if you're in on the roof, you could be one-third of the roof. That's really like a home. The other one is if you buy a unique property, you have a lot of outdoor space, backyard, subterranean, maybe a penthouse, where you have a little bit more of a complicated relationship of, what happens when the roof has a problem and my roof deck and my outdoor furniture is there, right? That's a situation you should consider. And the other thing, and I think this is also a matter of fairness to one's real estate agent, we have clients who are global. And sometimes the client can't make the walkthrough. And it puts the real estate agent in a little bit of an awkward position because their role is to be there, give access and to look around, but they're not an inspector either. So when we have clients who can't make it, and particularly in the new construction uh, field, you know, a lot of times we say, look, maybe you have the inspector go with your real estate agent, so that way you're comfortable and not have an issue later on. Because generally speaking, if you close and you don't point out the issue, there's no magic 30, 60, 90 day whoops where I missed it on inspection and now I can go back to the seller and have them fix it. So very important that it meets with your needs, not just the general um, approach. Now, that's wonderful advice. And that's why I say there are so many intricacies that, you know, you really need to have an attorney who knows what they're doing and specializes in this because there's things that you wouldn't even think about, okay? And 
that can really, like when I bought my house, I, I think they added some kind of a porch or something. I don't know what they added. I didn't even know they added it. I thought the house, you know, and then, the, then we couldn't close, okay? And they had to hustle to try to get COs for something that they put up illegally. And as it turned out, they weren't allowed to put it up. Okay, well, you know, they, they put like a, a patio and a porch up and the zoning didn't allow it. So then they had a tear it down. It was a mess. Okay. And of course I said, well, I don't want to pay the same amount of money if I don't have that. So, you know, this is a big investment and both buyer and seller need to prepare for it. Not just the seller, but the buyer also. Okay. And like I said, you don't skip. You get the best team of real estate agents. And I, look, I recommend, and it's just my opinion, that you should get a, a real estate agent that's good and that, that, and that you're comfortable with because sometimes they might be good, but you're, just not, you're, you're not comfortable with them. And also somebody who kind of knows the area and somebody who can point out what things are selling for and what things are going for and is familiar with different things. I also suggest you go to the schools. Um, if you're buying in the city uh, where there's maybe major buildings and, you know, you're worried about, you know, you don't really know who lives there or what the building's like to live in, go to the building. Go into the lobby, walk in, watch people. And generally, especially New Yorkers, they'll tell you, say, you know, you live in this building, and they'll say, yes, I do. Well, how do you find living here? And you'll find with New Yorkers, uh, they're pretty honest about things. I mean, they'll say, oh, it's great or it's not so great. Um, and those are things that are, I think, important. Okay. Um, and like also if there's a play area or, you know, there's rooms like that, you know, when can you use them? What times can you use them? There's a lot of things that you really, an experienced real estate attorney will know to ask or make sure that you ask and uh, somebody who's just doing a, a real estate deal because everyone thinks they're so easy. And, um, and actually, Dottie, you know, on that point, not. which I know we don't have the time for it to really explore it today, but what I'd like to do is one question that people ask me, and they say, I'm buying this apartment because I want to have this view. Can you, quote, guarantee me <laughs> that the view is not going to change? And what are some of the tools that we have that can help, um, you know, give some comfort as to will that sight line change and so forth? So, Steve, you have to, to you have time. to continue that next week because I'm one of the people that bought an apartment in the city that had a view, didn't ask that question, and five years later, it didn't have the view anymore because they built. Somebody had air rights. So I think Steve will continue that that is a very important question. We're going to be right back. We have some great guests for you for the second half. Steve, have a great weekend, and we'll be back to keep on informing you on what's going on in the real estate world. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.